where Dave and I plan this year's company holidays. Let's go through the list. Easter, too religious. St. Patrick's Day? Too white. Mother's Day? Way too cisgendered. All of your usual holidays have been canceled this year. But we still have Karl Marx's birthday! Ha <laughs> Need a real reason to party? Find a new job at redballoon.work. A recent court order has forced Pfizer to release safety data for its COVID injections, revealing a very high percentage of hospitalizations after the first dose. When we combine this with studies from the Journal of the American Heart Association, we can see why my tinfoil hat currently sits as the main exhibit in the museum of We Told You So. While we're also on the topic of unscientific practices and lawless mandates, an Alberta court has upheld a decision denying a woman a life-saving organ transplant because she did not put the experimental injection in her body. I'm not sure what's truly worse, a dystopia where Canadians die because of informed consent or our socialized health system full of death panels that have to value which people are more or less deserving of life. Finally, rounding out this unholy trinity of stories today, an Ontario school board is requesting that the Ontario government remove a section from the Education Act, cutting the responsibilities of teachers to believe and inculcate a love of country and Judeo-Christian values. In their place, you guessed it, they want our teachers to be Marxist re-educators, encouraging their students to hate God, hate his law, and hate Canada itself. Have I told you that you should get your kids out of government schools yet? Have we, have we made that clear? If we haven't, get your kids out of government schools. It's November 10th. I'm Andrew DiBartolo. That's Matt Halleck. And this is the Liberty Dispatch. Welcome to the Liberty Dispatch, broadcasting across enemy lines into the Canadian culture war. Wherever you're getting our content from, we would ask that you would interact with that content, that you would like, subscribe, rate, and review that as well. We are also on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network, flfnetwork.com, and you can get us over on their handy app, which you can get at the Google Play or Apple App Stores, respectively. Also, be sure to go over to our website, libertycoalitioncanada.com. You can check out all things LCC over there as well as you can sign up for our email list at the bottom of the page and also if you would while you are there we would ask that you would donate to the liberty coalition canada um by hitting that donate tab and uh by supporting us it goes a long way in ensuring we can continue to do what we have to do to build our institution and uh to fight back against a legacy media and their insane overreach so definitely want to go and do that and finally you can reach out to us at info at liberty coalition canada.com that's info at libertycoalitioncanada.com and you can get a hold of us directly over there. Did you know that you can purchase freshly roasted coffee that will also support liberty at the same time? 
Resistance Coffee Company is a Canadian coffee roastery that gives a portion of every sale to organizations fighting for the constitutional freedoms of Canadians. Resistance Coffee is a small batch roastery, which ensures you are never drinking old and stale coffee like you find at the grocery store. Get freshly roasted specialty grade coffee delivered to your door as often as you want it and enjoy knowing that your money isn't funding the leftist causes you despise. Drink great coffee and support Liberty Coalition Canada by visiting resistancecoffee.com slash LCC today. And when you use that slash LCC link, you get 10% off of your purchase, including apparel and mugs. Tell your friends and family, get them drinking some fuel for freedom too. That's resistancecoffee.com slash LCC to save 10% off of your purchase. And Matt, it looks like we're going to need a whole lot of fuel for freedom as we deal with our stories in today's episode. Why don't you lead off the uh, the utter dystopia that is Western culture, uh, and 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 really set up uh, set up this episode for our audience today? Yeah, well, you're talking about a dystopia, and you're absolutely correct. Uh, this is apparently old news, and it was uh, released in October, yet it was released in basically silence, I suppose. And we can't count on the mainstream legacy media to be covering stories like this, so I'm not surprised it slipped past our gaze, but... The story that comes to us first is the fact that Pfizer has released a report that lays out a substantial amount of adverse effects from its first dose. So the CDC started a vaccine monitoring program back at the very beginning of the COVID shot rollout in December of 2020, if you can even remember that far back the program was called v safe people were asked to install the v safe app on their smartphones and then self-report if they had any negative side effects from the experimental mrna shots which were released to the public under the emergency use authorization from the fda the cdc tracked data in the v safe program for the first 18 months of the vaccine's public availability up through until July 2022. Of the 10 million people who participated in VSAFE, again, a massive sample size, 3.3 million reported adverse health impacts, AHIs, immediately after their first vaccination. That's 33% or one in three. That's astronomical as far as yeah, percentage. One, one would say that that's, that's a substantial number. Like that's, that's significant. That is statistically significant, one might say. Absolutely. That is that is a humongous amount of people to be experiencing adverse side effects to a medical procedure that was fo foisted upon every single person and governments didn't allow people to uh, object to it. Uh, it's totally unheard of, obviously. 
Of those 3.3 million people, 1.2 million reported that they were unable to perform daily activities for a time after the vaccination. 1.3 million reported getting so sick from the shots that they had to miss school or work. And about 800,000 reported being hospitalized by the COVID vaccination. So again, of the 3.3 million people who had adverse reactions, 800,000 reported hospitalization from the COVID vaccine. So while the 1.2 million who reported severe uh, adverse effects that rendered them incapacitated to just perform daily activities, a large portion of those actually had to go to the hospital because of these side effects. The last figure is the definitely the most worrisome, that 800,000 hospitalizations out of 10 million people. That's an 8%. That's astronomical numbers. 8% hospitalization rate. It means that as many as 18 million of the 200 30 million people who received at least one shot may have been hospitalized with adverse reactions. A study published in June 2021 by the National Institute of Health, where Tony Fauci works, that's your countryman, Andrew, found that the hospitalization rate from COVID-19 for the total population was 2.5%. One percent. If you are under the age of 40, the hospitalization rate from COVID-19 is just 0.4%. For the shots, the hospitalization rate has been 8%. This means that you are four times as likely to be hospitalized by the vaccines than by COVID itself, no matter what age group you are in. You are 20 times more likely uh, to be hospitalized by those shots if you are under the age of 40. That is astronomical. And One would s- say, again, that is that is statistically significant. <laughs> yes, it is pretty, insane. Those numbers, that's substantial. You would think that those numbers would be broadcast more broadly to let people know there's a greater chance of you going to the hospital if you take the shot than if you don't, period, regardless mm-hmm. of your age group. Absolutely. It's it's truly astonishing, Andrew. And yet these are the numbers that are coming out from Pfizer's own internal database. So- this is why, by the way, Ontario stopped tracking hospitalizations and ICU numbers by vaccination rate. In, of July of this year, and I want I, well, I basically want to all provinces this. did the same right. thing around so the for same me in Ontario, time. We want to keep letting everyone know and reminding people that as of June thirtieth, twenty twenty two, Ontario decided we're not going to track hospitalization and ICU numbers by vaccination status, and the the justification they gave was you know given the numbers and where we are and things are moving and blah 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 to blah, but the truth is as of June thirtieth. In Ontario, 80% of the people in the hospital with COVID were fully vaccinated, and 85% of people in the ICU with COVID were fully vaccinated. And that's why 
they stopped counting the numbers because it was a bad look for the medical industrial complex in Canada and in Ontario. That's why they decided to shh, don't 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 talk about this. This is this is a bad look for us. Yeah, absolutely. But now it's now it's out in the open. There are two studies. We we're gonna link them as well in the story in the episode. There are two studies that I mentioned earlier from the Journal of the American Heart Association. And I just want to read the titles of these studies. We're not gonna get into specifics. You can mm-hmm. do that. But I want to read the title of these studies and ask you, is this concerning? And would we have ever seen these studies just a couple years ago? The first one is this, myocarditis after COVID-19 vaccination in pediatrics. This is kids developing myocarditis after COVID-19 shots. Who are statistically just not dying of COVID. Like, it, it's essentially zero it's, under 18. Yeah, the number is basically zero. Yeah. So it's a, it's a proposed pathway for triage and treatment. The study should really just be one line. Don't get the COVID shot. <laughs> That's the stu- the study should be if you're if you're under eighteen, right, mm-hmm. or thirty five or fifty. Yet don't the, get the shot. At yet, study complete. Yet the current position of most, uh, well, not the UK anymore, and not some Scandinavian nations, but of the United States and of Canada, is that all kids, even those under the age of five, should be getting the COVID vaccine, despite not yeah. being at risk of, of severe impact. You want to go impact play or, soccer, right? You want yes. to play hockey this winter? Go get your Absolutely. Go get your and in fact, we just covered a story, right? In the States, they're trying to add the COVID mRNA routine to mm-hmm. um, the the normal vaccination That's what the CDC schedule. recommends now. The CDC Absolutely. recommends it, yeah. The second study that I want to highlight, again, just the title, is Vaccine-Triggered Acute Autoimmune Myocarditis. This is the subtitle, Defining, Detecting, and Managing an Apparently Novel Condition. Yes, it is a novel condition (laughs) because... This is exactly what these injections do. Yeah. They damage the heart, right? We want to get hyper-technical, but the lipid nanoparticles in the actual shot and the spike protein itself, they have a way of attaching to certain tissues in the body. Mm-hmm. And one of the main tissues is the the muscle tissue, the fat tissue around the heart. And by actually damaging this tissue, what it does is it hardens. And by hardening, it forces the heart to pump stronger it increases blood pressure and it actually causes the inflammation of the heart yeah we've absolutely. known this for like for two years now we've yeah known and the the, the, the spike the spike protein proliferates in fat cells that's why people with obesity were more likely to have severe outcomes especially early on in COVID, right? Because they got the cytokine storm where where the, the spike cells would just replicate very, very quickly and it, it would become very dangerous for them. They get clotting and all sorts of dangerous things. Um, so it shouldn't surprise us. That's actually... Uh, consistent with all that we've seen throughout this last two and a half years. And I would I'd remind I would remind our audience that this is the reason why we will say things like don't just believe the lies or whatever main narrative is parroted to you. Don't just accept it, but but press, do your research, fight for truth, shine a light on it, because people mm-hmm. might forget that Pfizer, when initially pressed Right. When there was a FOIA request to have all the safety data 
and all of this information released, Pfizer's initial initial response was, yeah, yeah, we'll get it to you in 75 years. That's how long <laughs> it'll take to get you the info. So they wanted to hide this until we're all dead. Yep. Right. Until most of us were dead. That's just the reality of it. I'm 38 years old. Mm-hmm. I, I probably don't have another 75 years in me. I mean, Lord willing, if that's the case, I get to see great grandkids and maybe great, great grandkids. But the truth is the vast majority of people who are trying to expose what's going on and who are dissenting from the mainstream opinion, we would have all been dead by the time this information comes out. They wanted to hide mm-hmm. it. So what we need to do is say, no, 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 you don't hide it. You shine a light on it. You expose the lies. You expose the corruption. You inform people. You make good decisions. You deal with the consequences of your integrity and of your conscience. But mm-hmm. we just can't sit back and say, okay, here, we're told what we're told. Uh, we'll just, even the fact that there's utter silence from the legacy media on this, this is substantial stuff. And so oh, yeah. we're going to, we're going to take a big old flashlight and shine it into a deep, dark, corrupt closet and expose all of these skeletons to inform you and i mean keep keep doing that work don't just don't just assume oh everything's back to normal it's business as usual and no 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 no. there is now a massive uh a massive amount of we're gonna have to dig through piles and piles of let's keep it pg uh piles and piles (laughs) That's a Greek New Testament word. Ask your pastor what that yeah, means. Yeah. It's a Philippians, <laughs> Philippians chapter three. Yes. That's where Paul UK. So we're having to work through a big it's old a scatological pile of word. Yes, <laughs> a, a big old pile of scubalon <laughs> to really understand what happened. And you want to talk about triaging and, and treating the, the 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 triage and treatment that we're going to have to do with the utter devastation that this corrupt, lawless, unscientific behemoth has brought to Canada, it's, it's, it can be a decades-long process of untangling this twisted evil knot. But we're committed to I'm not going anywhere. We're, we are committed to it. And I know mm. I can speak on behalf of Matt and the rest of us here at the Liberty Coalition Canada. We are all the way committed to untangling that knot and mm-hmm. fighting for liberties and freedoms and exposing this for years to come. Absolutely. And and this is this just further drives the point home that we we can't be because we don't know the extent of what's taken place, because we haven't gotten to the bottom of the lies and the deception, because our our public health officials and these bureaucratic um, technocratic medical agencies, um, they haven't been honest with with the data they haven't been honest with everything that's coming to uh, you know coming about we can't extend amnesty unless it, someone fully repents unless if we come to the full grips the full terms of what we're actually dealing with um and it's only in that that we can actually experience uh forgiveness and that we we should um, you know, seek amnesty and, and repentance uh, in that sense. And we'll we'll be talking to a, a friend of ours, um, Alex Klusterman, more about exactly the biblical idea of repentance and forgiveness and and a covering over. Right? Amnesty is the same root word as amnesia. Right? It's it's a forgetting um, of sin. 
of of something that took place. So we'll be covering that in detail, and I, I think you all will look forward to that program because we'll be laying out biblical principles on how to move forward. But I think this, again, Andrew, just underscores the case why that is, despite what the Atlantic is calling for, it's just absolutely, totally and utterly premature at this point. Well, Matt, let's get into our second story, which is brought to our audience by our friends over at Bull Bitcoin. Our federal government's response to economic difficulties is to print money until it's worthless, driving up the cost of everything, which I'm sure you've all experienced. Milk is a dollar and 20 cents more than it was this time last year, essentially stealing from your hard earned pay. They also want to monitor your spending by way of a centralized digital currency, and they want to control you by way of digital ID. What you need is to take control of your own resources and be responsible for your own money, which is your responsibility. Bull Bitcoin wants to help you to do just that. Bull Bitcoin is a 100% self-funded, freedom-minded Canadian Bitcoin exchange that wants to protect your financial freedom and help you protect your resources. If you're at all aware of what's going on in our country, you should seriously consider connecting with our friends over at Bull Bitcoin and buying at least some Bitcoin today. Sign up at mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC. Have all of your questions answered. Bull Bitcoin is the exchange that I personally trust for all my Bitcoin purchases. Again, that's mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC. We covered bits of this a while ago. We'd made mention of Annette Lewis, an Alberta woman who mm -hmm. was denied a life-saving organ transplant because she herself had chosen not to receive the experimental gene therapy. How injection. dare she? How dare she? She's so <laughs> selfish. And and it's all her fault. There are memes, by the way, this whole amnesty nonsense. I've seen some really great memes of this. There's this one meme of these two uh, two Puritans and they're about to set some women on fire and you have the flame burning at the feet. And it's like, oh, it turns out they weren't rich, witches after all. And then the next cell is the women are the women are fully engulfed in flames. And then the Puritans are yelling, there were mistakes made on both sides. And that, that's a really <laughs> that's spot on. Or the other one is from the movie Misery, uh, which is based on a Stephen King novel where uh, Kathy Bates, the woman, she basically kidnaps this author and holds mm -hmm. him hostage and drugs him and breaks his knees. And then eventually he escapes and, you know, kills her and gets out. But there's the, so the two scenes are her standing there holding the needle, which in the movie was made to drug him. And it says, no jab, no job. And then the next scene is when the tables are turned, when he escapes and gets the gun. And she's like, oh, can we just forgive and move on now? And so this is, uh, this is, this is what's going on here. This is what's going on here. Amnesty from this. But anyways, Mm -hmm. Aside from that, I'm not bitter. Aside from that, not <laughs> at all. So aside from that, this so she appeals it, it moves up, and then what we have now is what a, a superior court has actually decided on this. So uh, this comes to us from global news because we figure we might as well get it right from the enemy's mouth um, so that we can we can deal with it honestly. We can deal with it honestly, not them, but we can. So Alberta Health Services COVID-19 vaccination requirements for organ transplant patients do not impede the Charter of Rights and Freedoms Alberta's Court of Appeal has ruled. According to a decision published on Tuesday, just this last Tuesday, appellant Annette Lewis suffers from a progressive and debilitating condition and 
the reality is that these monsters would say that that condition is individual rights and responsibility. That's the real condition she suffers from. That's why they're punishing her. But the physical condition is one that requires an organ transplant. She has not been able to get an organ transplant to date because she refused to be vaccinated against COVID-19 prior to the procedure, or she just didn't want to put poison in her body. That's that's we'll 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 deal with the global lies with with the truth. Okay. As a result, her doctor has labeled her as inactive on the organ transplant waiting list. Lewis claims that the COVID-19 vaccination requirement violates her charter rights, specifically the freedom of conscience, life, liberty, and security of a person and equal rights. She's right. That's correct. Lewis claims she was being threatened to take an experimental medical experimental medical treatment or die, which is a complete affront to her conscience and free will. Also right. She asked the court of King's Bench to declare the COVID-19 vaccination requirement ineffective because it violated her charter rights. But the case was dismissed by a judge in July. She then filed an appeal shortly after. That takes us to, to where we are. Three court of appeal judges dismissed Lewis' appeal, saying the COVID-19 vaccination requirement did not infringe on her charter rights, nor did the charter apply to COVID-19 vaccination policies. That's convenient. The COVID-19 vaccination requirement also did not meet the criteria of discrimination under the charter, according to the judges. That's They're wrong. Lewis vaccinate Lewis vaccinate vaccination blah blah blah. Let's start that sentence over again. <laughs> Golly, too many S's. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Lewis vaccination status is not a personal identity, but a choice. The unfortunate reality is this: Miss Lewis is dying because she has a terminal illness. The COVID nineteen vaccine requirement is not a prohibition on access to medical treatment at all. It is a part of the medical treatment. That heinous, despicable statement was made by the judges, right? She's dying because she's making a poor choice. And oopsie, she's going to die anyways. That's despicable, okay? That's utterly disgusting. Now, listen to this quote. This is, if this doesn't make you get 1984 tattooed all over your body, it it should, okay? This is This quote, Andrew, is the reason that people didn't want socialized medicine because it's, they said, they said this is the inevitable outcome of socialized medicine, which will absolutely, absolutely unequivocally, unequivocally lead to shortages in healthcare and, and procedures. This is, this is what everybody warned of and were called crazy conspiracy theories and slippery slope fallacies and all those things. Read the quote. This is not the first time medical judgments about allocation of scarce resources have been made in the face of competing needs, Justice Frederica Schutz wrote on behalf of a three-judge panel that included Justice Michelle Crichton, or Justice Gargoyle, and Justice Don Pentelchuk, right? Justice Lizard. Gargoyles and Lizards. While such decisions are doubtless exceedingly difficult, they nevertheless must be made. Oh, must they now? Wow, they must be made. Amazing where the principle, where principles lie. What must be done? Saving a life must not be done, but pushing a narrative must be done. In this case, this is the quote continues, in this case, 
the charter does not apply to the respondents exercise of clinical judgments in formulating preconditions to organ transplants, including requiring vaccination against COVID-19 in the wake of a pandemic. Mind you, the jabs, one, don't work, two, don't prevent transmission, according to Pfizer, and three, do more damage than if you got COVID itself, which is why we started off with the first story. Nevertheless, this woman will probably die because she won't get an organ transplant because she refused to put poison in her body. And the Alberta judges say, ah, well, that's what happens when you have socialized medicine. We got to decide who gets the organs and who doesn't. Yeah. And in this, pay in this case, she she deserves to die because of her conscience yeah. and her informed consent. Absolutely. I mean... Obviously. Not absolutely. Not absolutely. She deserves to die. Don't. Well, no, no, no. no. That, that but didn't sound very good. That was like, oh, absolutely. Whoa, no, well, absolutely. I was gonna say right. th this is on. <laughs> these judges have formed a death panel in conjunction yep. with AHS. These judges have condemned this woman to die because she won't get an experimental gene therapy that has had, as we just covered an unbelievably high rate of adverse effects uh, events. Yeah, I mean, one would say st statistically significant. Absolutely. It's crazy. And th th just look at how bad our charter is because look at how easy these judges sweep away freedom of conscience. What is conscience applied to? Th there is, they have absolutely no respect for the right of freedom of conscience if somebody can't conscious conscientiously object especially in ill health to taking an experimental gene therapy against their best judgment especially in light of what's coming out with the data i know it's, it, it's crazy con like freedom of conscience doesn't exist in canada and she, it, it, she's right, though. She's be, and she's right, and she's saying, "I don't want to get the injection because I'm concerned about the detrimental health effects it'll have on me." Turns out she was right, so her conscience is valid in this instance. It's not that's at the end of the day that her, her conscience about it is valid simply because it's her conscience. Mm -hmm. But it's not that she has a conscience based on something fictitious that's out there in the ether. Absolutely, her conscience is bound by what is now statistically verifiable that there's greater damage that would have been done to her by getting the shot than not. And, I, and, I and they're saying, oh, well, oopsie, sorry, too bad. That doesn't apply. And she's right. That's I want to just also highlight the fact that uh, just the words in that last dystopian sentence, the charter does not apply to the respondent's exercise of clinical judgments. Conscience... That's not a conscience decision. Clinical right. judgments are now excised from conscience rights. This is the death of, of informed consent in medicine in Canada. That is totally insane. And, and then requiring vaccination in the wake of a pandemic. The problem is, even though that seems rather limited in its scope, yeah. all you have to do is say any vaccination or any medical treatment, so long as we say it's justified, 
your charter rights don't apply. Yes, charter. That charter is what they're saying. Don't apply as long as we say that it's it's really really super de duper serious. Therefore, you yeah. have to get this medical thing. Oh, looks like you don't have freedom of conscience anymore. And they're they're saying AHS AHS's ability to determine and formulate the preconditions for what somebody must have to get a transplant is more important than basic fundamental rights of Canadian citizens. That is so backwards. It's insane because essentially they're saying these, this AHS, the, this organ transplant committee, they have the right to based off their judgments violate the basic rights of individuals in Canada. And that is absolutely despicable. And the fact that the judges are going along with this and they have no, obviously no respect for conscience or conscientious objection to a medical procedure is evidence that they have disqualified themselves from being appropriate, good, impartial justices. And it's and truly this has despicable. No end. This has no, no end, by the way. This cliff... This pit no. has no bottom because Absolutely. all you have to do is just sub out the pieces and you sub mm -hmm. out the pieces and you say, oh, I know you, you're 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 in the OR, right? We brought you in the emergency room. You've just come out of a car accident. So we put you in the OR and now we're going to fix you up and you need blood. You need a blood transfusion as well. We need to bring in some bags of blood because you've lost a lot. You've hemorrhaged a lot. Okay. So now, oh, we found out that oh, you don't have, forget about the vaccination or the jab. We, you don't have or you have not received treatment medical protocol X. And because you've not received protocol X, we only have a limited amount of blood. So looks like uh, looks like you're going to bleed out. I mean, we'll fix you up as best as we can, but you're going to bleed out. I mean, it doesn't mm -hmm. end yeah. anywhere. It doesn't Which is end viol anywhere. Yeah, violative of the obviously violative of the most basic right right to life you know and and medical treatment in that case uh yeah it it really allows an unspeakable amount of really unrestrained power it, it places that in the hands of medical technocrats to set the preconditions of eligibility for yeah any procedure andrew um so long as we're not going to have courts that are going to protect people's most basic rights. They can just kind of do whatever they want. And that is the scary aspect of this. And, you know, the fact of the matter is this isn't just abstract. This whole exercise isn't just an abstract exercise on what are she, appropriate rights in, in the charter. She is really going to die. She is really going to die. Yes, that that's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. She's really going to die i i'm heartbroken for miss lewis this is totally despicable she's been abandoned by the the provincial government um the charter of rights and freedoms obviously is a dead letter um and she is a victim of that you know, bad constitutional law, this constitutional crisis that Canada now finds itself in, it has a body count. And this is a serious issue. And these activist judges 
are condemning this woman to death. And they're doing it while they're paying lip service to the difficulty of the decision. I don't believe them for one second. They are. It also, this also, um, there's something, there's something also very concerning about all this. Another element to it. It's mm -hmm. what's going on here. Also, kind of in the high level, is that I'm sure that 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 the elites know. I'm sure that the courts, that the the, the civil government, that the health bureaucracy knows that the effect that this will have on the broader Canadian population is comply or die, right? That's they, and I think they know that. I think they know mm -hmm. that this is just, they're just tightening the screws. They're mm -hmm. just, they're clamping down even more and they're letting Canadians know all you have to do is comply. Just do what we say, just get the shot, just cover your face, just play by the rules, be a good citizen, and you will unlock all of the wonderful things. And they know that. They know that will have this effect and that there are going to be many Canadians who see this story. Like my, my wife and I have had these discussions mm -hmm. during the height of lockdowns. What happens if we had to take our son or our daughter to the emergency room and they would say, oh, you guys can't come in here because you don't have the shots. We legitimately thought, what do we do? Do we know someone? Do we have a friend or a family member who's had the shots who can go on on our behalf? Like the fact that parents have to have this conversation, what happens if we have to go to the hospital and we're not physically allowed in the hospital? Mm -hmm. And I'm certain that this would make many people, I know that it did. It made many people make all sorts of decisions that I'm sure many of them regret. But so they know, so the, the ruling class knows it has its effect. And so people are more and more tempted to say, I mean, I got to comply. And I would say with you, dear Dear friend, Canadian, fellow Canadian, someone who's listening to this, or if you know someone who you know is struggling with this, do not comply because this doesn't go away. Aaron Rock had a really great podcast. We should link to it in the show notes. Aaron Rock had a really great podcast that he just dropped the other day that talked about the COVID, the COVID amnesty and Romans 13 and the accusations and about the looming reintroduction of mask mandates. And he said something which was, which was right, and he's been saying for a while. This doesn't end until more and more people say we will not comply and play by your game. And so mm -hmm. if they flex on citizens and then citizens bend and say, well, I want to get life-saving organ transplants. I guess I'll just comply. Even though that seems like the, oh yeah, that's the rational, logical decision. If everyone makes that decision, then they just snatch away more and more of our liberties and they, they eliminate our conscience rights. So do not comply. Do not comply. Don't bend. Don't give, you know, like Alexander Solzhenitsyn, do not live by lies. Say what is true. Affirm it. Live. Expose the darkness. But please don't don't let a story like this discourage you or dissuade you from doing what is right mm -hmm. and acting against your conscience. As Luther said, it's neither right nor safe. Um, I know it's tough, man. I know. I, I'm telling you, mm -hmm. I know it's tough and I know that it comes at a cost. Uh, but it's the 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 cost of doing otherwise is it's most certainly greater. not worth it in 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 the long run. Not at all. Yeah, yeah I mean it's 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 uh, insane. It's punitive. It's spiteful, and it's totally divorced from from science. <laughs> I, I mean that's the thing. They'll they'll point to uh, it. Their decision is being backed up by the the 
public health uh, officials, but we know that they've been engaged in more uh, more political science than actual science. And yep. I mean, it, the juxtaposition between story one and story two is just insane. Is you have these experimental gene therapies that obviously don't work, that are actually very dangerous statistically. Um, to most of the people that are being but across, forced across all age groups, yes, that was I, the point. across all age groups, of, exactly higher hospitalization rates. Exactly. Um, nevertheless, people were forced to get these or make uh, a, a, a you know a devil's choice between you know getting something they don't want or suffering severe ramifications uh, like job loss in this case death right um we're, we're talking about some like these aren't free choices right it's it, to limit people's choices to this either or fallacy essentially is not giving people freedom of choice and the fact that justices don't understand that shows that they're just absolute and total utter, utter idiots and if not activists but that's that's the whole insane part of all this is the jabs don't work these experimental treatments don't work they're harmful they're damaging but if you don't get them you'll lose your job or you can lose the chance at an organ transplant that could save your life and that this, is the the case. That's that's the current situation we find ourselves in as Canadian citizens. It's unbelievable, totally and utterly unbelievable. It's hard to wrap your head around. Matt, this actually moves into our third story very well. And I wasn't thinking about this when we were doing the show notes and preparing. It didn't occur to me. But it does move very well into our third story. Because after these stories, after you've just raised the insanity of the juxtaposition, the question that one would ask is, why would Canadians not see this? Why would they be ignorant to this? Why would they be so blind to this and not be pushing back? What What is going on in our culture that this is just accepted, that the courts have the right to do this in the face of tremendous and overwhelming evidence? And the answer is, for generations now, there has been a corruption and a concerted effort in the education system to indoctrinate and not educate and to form and shape minds to think a certain way about Canada, about the state, and about reality, and about human dignity and worth. And we've been seeing this play out. And in our third story, we're going to see highlighted for us on blast the outright rejection of things in government schools uh, that would, would otherwise mitigate against this kind of insanity. But first, we want to say that this segment is brought to you by our friends over at Rocklink Investment Partners. The team at Rocklink is not and does not support a woke, Marxist, WEF-friendly, cancel culture worldview, which means they would not be allowed to be on the Ontario school board, as we're going to see in our next story. Also, our friends at Rocklink have created the Kokomo Fund, in light of bank accounts being seized and frozen under the War Measures Act, which is now being exposed for what it is, and we're seeing it was totally unjustified, Rockling can help you move your investments overseas based in the Cayman Islands, the world's number one offshore market for investment funds. Give the freedom lovers at Rockling a call at 905-631-5462 
or email them info at rocklink.com. That's info at rocklink.com. That leads us to our third and final story for the day, Matt. And this is one that we both find particularly concerning that has some Mm -hmm. significant implications for our country, especially as we believe here that Western culture itself and really all of the blessings and the fruitfulness and the flourishing and the justice and the advancements in technology and medicine are so because of a biblical worldview. And ultimately, it is men who established countries on biblical foundations that led to the blessing we've seen in the in the West to reject that. I and mean, we've se- we're seeing the consequences of it, but to undo that altogether and essentially erase it from the fabric of a country is going to plunge us into a kind of darkness and despair that, well, we just look at parts of the world where Christianity has never touched down. And that's exactly what you see and is the most unjust, murderous countries in yeah. the world. And it, 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 affirms what we talk about all the time on the program there's two choices christ chaos pick what you want yeah well we know what we know what the lefties want and uh and the third story is that a particular school board in ontario is petitioning the education minister to essentially remove from the education act one particular clause which that clause itself is pregnant with significance and meaning. And basically what they want is to have teachers not encourage students to love their country or understand that our country is based on biblical values. So we'll just read from the actual letter here. Dear Minister Lecce, at the September 21st, 2022 meeting of the Halton District School Board, Board of Trustees meeting, the board passed the following resolution requesting the Minister of Education revoke and replace wording in Section 264 of the Education Act. Be it resolved that the chair, in collaboration with the director, write a letter to the Minister of Education regarding Section 264 of the Education Act, requesting that this section be revoked and replaced with a clause that is inclusive of Ontario's diverse population. I'll just note here, by the way, it's not inclusive of those Christians who have particular beliefs. We don't care about them. It's everyone else. So we can see that one of these things is not like the other. Letter continues. Section 264, subsection 1, subsection C, of the act under duties of a teacher state. So the Education Act says that here is one of the duties of teachers in Ontario to inculcate by precept and example respect for religion and the principles of Judeo-Christian morality and the highest regard for truth, justice, loyalty, love of country, humanity, benevolence, sobriety, industry, frugality, purity, temperance, and all other virtues. So so teachers are required under the Education Act to show their students, to teach their students, both through principle, but also through example, from being models of this for their students, 
the respect for religion in general, but also the principles of Judeo-Christian belief. This is biblical foundations, which have, so if you look at the list here, what do what does a biblical foundation support, encourage, and build? Truth, which the left hates. Justice, which the left hates. They hate true justice. They love social justice. Loyalty, love of country. Well, they hate that. Humanity, right? Obviously, human beings aren't seen as those with dignity and value and worth. They're just a bag of carbon. Benevolence, right? As opposed to forced charity or charity under threat of coercion from the gun, actual benevolence, sobriety, right? Not having your judgment impaired. Industry, which is being industrious, working, being responsible, contributing. Frugality, clearly the left hates that. They're all about massive spending into into oblivion. Purity, sexual purity, moral <laughs> purity. We hate that. Yeah. Especially Temperance. this th- th- this this amendment comes from the Halton District School Board, and we covered this story about oh, yes. them defending uh, uh, a very sick man, a very sick man yeah. with with large prosthetic breasts. So we shouldn't be surprised that they wouldn't want that in there. Temperance and all other virtues. So they're saying excise that from the Education Act. So here, here comes the justification. We believe this is contrary to provincial PPM 119, brackets, developing and implementing equity and inclusive education policies in Ontario schools, close bracket, which states providing a high quality education for all is a key means of fostering social cohesion based on an inclusive society where diversity is affirmed within a framework of common values that promote the well-being of all citizens. It is these common values that should be the focus. So let me just, let me clarify here. I thought that truth, justice, loyalty, love of country, humanity, benevolence, sobriety, industry, frugality, purity, temperance, and all other virtues were the common values. No, no, right? no. <laughs> That's what I thought. It's 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 funny That's that- that's the history of our country, that these are the common – this is what it means to be Canadian or, or, or Western or American. They share it down mm-hmm. there too, that these are the values we share, truth and justice, mm-hmm. love for one another. No, no. Yeah, and you notice one is specific, talking about specific acts and behaviors. Absolutely, you and got it. And the other one is amorphous. Just, just, a, just a brush in the, in the air. Yes. We'll catch it all. We'll wave our little thing around. <laughs> and it's kind of tauta- it's t- kind of tautological that they mention a- about this statement, which literally says in it, we have to build the where is it providing a high quality education for all is key a key means of fostering social cohesion based on an inclusive society so they're just using buzzwords but they're not defining anything where diversity is affirmed within a framework of common values what are those common values we don't know they don't define them that promotes well-being the well-being of all citizens what is well-being we don't have a basic world it's, view it's to understand circular because the values are diversity and inclusivity and equity. that's what i'm saying it's tautological and, and, and then the next sentence they say it is these common values that should be the focus well you 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 haven't laid out any common values that should be the focus you just so, so what they're saying is here are the common values 
not anything not biblical principles. Yes, and those and that's, are the common values, and that's the reality anything of the that situation. Is not biblical principles. Yeah, and maybe yeah. some people think we're uh, you know over speaking when we say you know the culture war is a proxy for a religious war. That Marxism and this uh, social justice and critical race theory they're at root a different religion, a competing religion uh, concept to Christianity. Because I, I, I say that specifically because they are aping Christian virtues and, and Christian um, frameworks uh, dis decisively, right? Like anybody who studies Marxism for any time understands that Marx stole wholesale from Christians in so many ways, um, essentially establishing almost a, a secularized version of post-millennialism, uh, devoid of uh, any... Uh, eternal uh, realities or Christ as king, what, what have you. This makes it clear, right? They're right. A, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Basic uh, virtues and uh, Christian presuppositions are totally incommensurate with this new Marxist drivel that is trying to be put into school. So they understand the antithesis. They understand there is oh, yep. no neutrality. And what they're trying to do is to establish by law their religion at the expense of the former religion. This is how decolonization takes place. You talked about it on our last program when we're going through the story about the Toronto District School Board. You said what they mean by decolonization is destroying Christ Christianity and its influence in our country. Because how can you pot? You can't put the toothpaste back in the, the tube. We're not going to go back to um, a country where the, the highest domesticated animal is a dog, where there are no, uh, you know, concrete jungles. There are no cities. Like we're not, that's not what they mean. Right. We're, we're not di divesting ourselves from, uh, you know, all the technology we've had and, and the blessings all... and the benefits that have come from this. No, Not that we want to keep those. No, we're going to just we're going to destroy the foundation of what has led to all those things. And that's how we decolonize stuff. So what we're dealing with are, is two competing religious worldviews and the Halton District School Board who are extraordinarily religious are trying to enshrine a new amendment into education that would establish this woke Marxist worldview as the new religion, ill-defined though it may be, uh, that is going to govern how teachers ought to act uh, in front of their students. And I want to have I want I want to have a I want to have a pointed a, a quick pointed word I want to offer to Christians and to their their pastors in their churches. Because I've, I'm well familiar with the criticism here. So for any of you who, 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 are, who think otherwise or who don't understand what's going on here, these radical cultural agenda machines, these monsters, they have a cultural mandate and they are seeking to have and take dominion over the world. They are seeking to implement their own theocracy because they have a God and they're enshrining the laws of their God in our country. And they are theonomists all the way. That's, that's the truth. So the problem is the Christians have been educated to reject all of those things and not do them from the side of truth and biblical principles. So we've been told that this dominion thing, this cultural mandate thing, 
this theonomy thing. Just let the world do the world. You worry about the gospel. This is where it's gotten us. And the reason why the left has been so successful at adopting their cultural mandate of taking dominion and of establishing their own theocracy and why they're so good at being theonomists is not because they have truth. It's because the mechanism itself is the way that God has made the world. They're just deploying lies, but they're using the correct mechanism. Mm -hmm. And the correct mechanism is Mm -hmm. bring the world under the lordship of your God, press his laws everywhere, and seek to have dominion in a good way. That's how God's made the world. So Christians have to wise up to the fact that this is what we're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And when we fail, the left, the progressives, they have no problem doing the job that we're supposed to be doing but bringing evil and corruption instead of what we're supposed to do, which is to be Mm -hmm. salt and light. And salt, not in the sense, there's a misnomer that, oh, salt flavors food. That's not how they use salt. Mm -hmm. Salt acts as a preservative to what? To push back against decay. No decay, no Mm -hmm. corruption. We're Mm -hmm. supposed to be salt and light because they're going to be decay and corruption all the way through. Yeah, and our dominion mandate is both progressive and offensive and also defensive. So mm-hmm. there's within God's created order there's there's change and there's constancy. So we should be always reforming, changing unto the word of God, reforming that which is out of confirmation to God's word changing that and then defending those areas of life that are in accordance to God's word. That's, that's how God's made us as image bearers to live, right? Because he's creative, he's active. We're trying to ectypally uh, conform to that archetype and dominion is part of that stewardship that we've been given. It's in a very, creaturely sense how we kind of show forth the sovereignty of God over these different areas and how he governs. That's a responsibility that we've been given by God in these various areas. And it, like you said, Andrew, it's not whether we're going to create call culture. It's which culture are we going to create? It's not whether it's which, and we have to understand that. And too often Christians look at the culture as something outside there and they fail to see that culture is inescapable. Culture is human action. And it's either, are we taking dominion over every sphere of life for Christ and creating big C Christian culture? Or are we perverting the dominion mandate, as you say, and taking dominion for the kingdom of Satan and ultimately uh, creating an apostate form of small C culture. So we need to understand that as Christians is, is we need to understand the dominion mandate isn't um, an option. It's not whether it's which, and we need to like they are like our enemies are don't apologize for it. Don't mm-hmm. apologize for the truth claims of Christ press into them and you know, we need to dispel this Marxist heresy because that is ultimately what it is. It's it's a, a foreign religion making foreign claims, and we need to expel it from from our institutions, and we do have to do so for it with. So the 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 art the letter they write goes on to say, okay, here are the three goals or the three principles, but as we're gonna see, it's it's full of the same vague ethereal gobbledygook is the rest of it. So this is uh, this is the letter, it continues. 
the three goals of the province is realizing the promises of diversity, Ontario's equity and inclusive education strategy are outlined in PPM 119 as follows. One, here are the three goals. One, shared and committed leadership by the ministry, board, and schools to eliminate discrimination through the identification and removal of biases and barriers unless you're a Christian or unless you exercise informed medical consent then we'll discriminate you. It doesn't say that there, but that's there. <laughs> it's, okay? impossible, it's impossible. It's right. impossible to remove biases. It's just yeah. it, everybody has a limitation to what behavior is appropriate, what's not. It's, it's so totally number one. inappropriate. Number two, equity and inclusive education policies and practices to support positive learning environments that are respectful and welcoming to all, to which I say, why does it have to be respectful and welcoming? By what standard? What does it mean to be respectful and welcoming? Because do you know where the idea of being respectful to all human beings comes from? The fact that they're made in the image of God and they have inerrant dignity and worth and value. Or the welcoming fact, the fact we're supposed to be welcoming or hospitable or kind to all. Where does that come from? Oh, that also comes from the fact that as image bearers of God, we're supposed to carry ourselves a certain way in the world. And so they're saying we want to excise Christian principles from the education system. And at the same time, we want to create an environment that encourages these biblical principles the way we define them. We're basically cutting off the limb that we're sitting on and thinking that everything will be okay because we're removing ourselves from the tree in order to be free from it. But what's going to end up happening is total cultural collapse. That's where this goes. This goes to complete collapse and utter chaos when you reject these biblical principles. The third point is this. Accountability and transparency with ongoing progress demonstrated and communicated to the ministry and the community. So here's their, here's a conclusion. In this spirit, right, in the spirit of vague radical cultural Marxism, we respectfully ask the minister to revoke and replace section 264-1C of the act to reflect contemporary and current diversity, equity, and inclusion policy and practices, and to reflect the calls to action 62 and 63s brought forward by the Truth and Reconciliation Commission respectfully, and then there's a bunch of Marxists that put their name down. So that's that's basically the letter, right? To contemporary and current <laughs> diversity. We So on the one hand, and this again is a little bit of the irony here because they, they, they reference the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. This cultural behemoth, on the one hand, wants to hold people responsible for the sins of their ancestors in perpetuity. You will never you will never have atonement for the sins committed by your ancestors, and you will always have a shroud of guilt around you because of your ancestry. Therefore, we will always have ourselves grounded in a selective reading of history. Yeah. But at the same time, Highly we want to we want to completely distance ourselves entirely from our historical underpinnings, and we want nothing to do with that which makes us us in history because we have a new identity that we need to forge. And again, my question is, well, which one is it? And the answer is, shut up, you racist. Just do what we say. 
Yeah, that's so, the answer to the so, question. So, Andrew, people have to understand this Marxist neo-Marxist program. It only can destroy. It, it's it, that's why we, when we say it's that's why we say it's Christ or chaos. It, it, it's inevitable because it's it's a pro they destroy through the the process of denun denunciation and then they announce this utopian future of diversity equity and, and inclusion but it, they can't get any more specific than that because if they do literally marxists say that is inherently right wing because it's not um postmodern it's specific it would be a conservative act to actually have specifically well-defined principles in which to govern and build a society around so all you're left with is this amorphous blob of nonsense that they seek to destroy civilization and they have nothing to op op offer in its place they don't know how because they don't have a world in life view that has the constancy element they they're completely i said right before there's constancy and there's change in god's uh, world they don't have any foundational creational norms in which to build off of all that they're left with is this constant revolution of change and I mean, that is basically because they have this Hegelian worldview that never actually reaches. There's no mechanism to reach uh, what what Hegel called the absolute. But they just have this utopian vision and they'll tear down everything in their wake to get to that utopia that they can't define, that they don't know how to define. They don't know how to implement. And all they're going to do is destroy your family, destroy also, your world and destroy your country because they're just seeking out failed so far. Absolutely. Every attempt has failed already. Every because attempt has failed, but we'll get it. We'll get it, it right. It can't not, because yeah. what they're essentially trying to do is immunitize the eschaton. They're trying to bring the new heavens and earth to fruition through the will of political power and revolution. That's why this is a foreign religion to Christianity. That's why they have to excise Christian virtues well-defined for these nonsense statements about diversity, equity, inclusion, which is Marxism, and that's the path we're going on. So that's the reality of the situation that we're de dealing with. The Marxists have taken over. We, we talked about it on our last program, and now they're excising the old religion that bond bound us together through common values, because even if you weren't a Christian per se, what the West was about was coming together on basically that Judeo historical Judeo-Christian morality. And that's really what bound people together. But now this new neo-Marxist religion doesn't actually have any specific ways to bind people together. They don't have a set of common values except for this amorphous diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we know that... That the only set they have is not the Christian values. That's the yes. only set. We know not that equity means equality of outcome. So that needs a managerial technocratic state to do. We know diversity isn't diversity of thought. It's just skin deep superficial diversities of, of socioeconomic status or um, 
different um, skin colors, what have you. And inclusion means including all those who will go around along with our Marxist program to the exclusion of all else. Uh, there's, it's impossible to include everybody unless if they're just going to subvert their will, their individual will to the collective. So what they're talking about is a communist utopia, and that's our goal. So that right, that's why we have to excise this Christian religion. That's our goal. But what they're really engaging is in is a traitorous, a traitorous act. They know what's expected of them as teachers, and they're trying to subvert the very thing that they're supposed to be doing as school boards, as teachers. They're subvert. They're lawless in doing this. And sadly, I think the rot has has seeped so far into Canadian society that people haven't woken up to the reality of this traitorous Marxist subversion. And we need to and we need to do it now and we need to fight back. And that's why we exist here at the Liberty Coalition. And that's why we're calling you to support us, if you would, in all that we're doing over here. Yeah, I mean, parents, you, first of all, aside from any school, any education act, any amendment to the act, you are the one who is responsible for teaching your kids, for the inculcation of virtues and values and principles like truth, justice, love, mercy, frugality, purity, temperance, all those virtues that they want to remove from our world you are the one who has been tasked with planting those deep into the hearts of your children and teaching them to water them so that they grow, so that they bear fruit. That's your job, which means a couple things. One, you probably have to get your kids out of government schools, if not already, because the fact is there is now a openly stated desire and goal. The objective is to make sure that your kids do not value and learn those things, but, but instead become little mini Marxists. So they, they have told you this now. They, they've been telling you this for a while now. But out in the open, they're saying, please, the biblical foundations of our culture and the virtues that come from that, we don't want teachers to encourage that, which means we don't want kids to learn it. So you need to remove your kid from such a system. Because if you think they can be there for eight hours a day and then one Sunday school lesson during service on Sunday morning or maybe a couple minutes you have before dinner and before hockey and archery and whatever is going to be able to undo that, you're, you are sorely mistaken. So you need to get your kids out, number one. Number two, you need to see it as your responsibility. And this is the importance of being a part of a good church, a like-minded church that understands that this is what we need to be doing, that we need to be teaching our kids this. Collectively, we need to show them our history and our foundations and give them an actual standard upon which to build because they have no standard. They're stealing from a Christian worldview and then they're perverting it and making something altogether broken. So take responsibility for your own kids and for their teaching and for their training. And like Matt said, we here at the Liberty Coalition Canada we want to help with that and in many other areas. We actually want to help to put people in positions where they can hopefully change some of this radical, radical agenda that we're seeing in the school system or that we're seeing at city council levels. We want to do that work. We want to strengthen churches to create strong communities to thrive in the days ahead. We want to continue to bring you 
an honest and objective news analysis and tell you the stories that you're not going to hear in the legacy media, you know, including the coming out of all of the Pfizer safety data. We want to bring this truth to you. We want to add more shows. We want to do more work in journalism and op-eds. We want to do this. We want to do more political engagement. And so in order to do that, in order to go strong into this next year, we need your help and we need your support, right? It's only six or seven weeks left in 2022. And we're thinking ahead to 2023. There are initiatives and plans that we have in mind that we're going to be rolling out just in the next number of weeks. Big things that we have planned for being a united front for freedom and liberty here in Canada and for grounding that upon Christian biblical principles. So there's work to be done. And in order to do the work, we need your help. We need your help. We would like to raise $300,000 before the end of this year so that it can carry us through all of next year. And we need your help. So please consider supporting us here at the Liberty Coalition Canada, whether it's a monthly donation, whether it's a one-time donation, we appreciate it all. Go to our website, libertycoalitioncanada.com slash donate. Please give to the work here. If you benefit from it, if you have been strengthened and equipped by it, if you've been built up to stand up for truth, if you found a good church, if this has been a blessing to you, if our work at the Liberty Coalition Canada indeed has enriched your life, or if you see the value in the work we do in fighting for Canadians' rights around the country, please consider supporting and giving to our work. We, uh, we understand that this is a multi-generational cultural war. Obviously, there's no a switch that's going to be flipped and then everything just kind of reverts back to hunky-dory tomorrow. This is, a, this is a long process and we're not going anywhere. There's a fight to be fought. And we will do so, Lord willing, for years to come. But we need your help to make that happen. Absolutely, brother. Uh, well, thank you, everybody, again. Uh, we do appreciate it so much that you've given us so much of your time, um, so much of your audience. And we just pray that you would help share this with people, that you would let them know what we're doing over here on the uh, Liberty Dispatch and with Liberty Coalition Canada, because we do need to start getting active. And we do, as Christians, need to start fighting back against our modern heresies that seek to subvert the church of Jesus Christ, that set, set themselves up against him and his gospel. And we must do the task of tearing down those, those very strongholds, no matter the cost, no matter the, the amount of time it's going to take. That is our calling to be salt and light to the world, to be build God honoring Christian culture. And we're so thankful that you all have joined us in that. And just sharing the program is, is, is a long, uh, is a small thing, but a big step in, in, rebuilding the foundations of what was a once great society um, into an even better one in the future, Lord willing. Thank you for tuning in. As we say at the end of every program, Galatians 5.1. Thanks for tuning in to Liberty Dispatch, a united front to restore liberty and justice in Canada. Please subscribe to our podcast and Rumble channel, as well as visit our website at www.libertycoalitioncanada.com.